the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Verse 23, Mark chapter 2. One Sabbath he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you ever read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how that he entered the house of God in the time of Abba the high priest, and they ate the bread of presence, which is not lawful for any, of the pre- any to eat but the priests. And he also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. This passage is a crazy weird passage. Like, I grew up as a kid like at a church just around the corner from here. My, my dad was there for, like, I think, 40 years of his life. Like, literally 40, 40, not 14, 40. And... I remember Sundays were very different for me growing up than they are now. Like we used to practice like Sabbath and I remember as a kid not really understanding what that was but all I knew was it was like playing Minesweeper on the PC. You're just clicking, is there a mine there, is there a mine there? It's like, oh no, we don't do that today. Oh, oh we don't do this today. Oh, oh we don't do that today. Right, Andy, do you want to come and play football? We don't do that today. We don't do this, we don't do that. It was like all these things like, oh, 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 there's a mine here, there's a mine here, there's a mine here to the point where you just sat there like, what do I do today? This is kind of like, this is weird, this is a bit awkward, this is a bit of an irrelevant thing. And I think one of the things that I've experienced as a Christian kind of growing up in church is that Sabbath today has now been kind of reduced to, to nothing. And the thing that people often quote is this, this phrase by Jesus where they say, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. But if he's Lord of the Sabbath, that's not saying I'm not about that life. That's like branding yourself. I'm the Lord of it. I'm about that rest. I'm about that that renewal, that, that rhythm uh, of keeping ourselves healthy. And actually, I think to understand Sabbath, we have to kind of go back to the, kind of the root of what it is and how they see it, not necessarily how we see it. So if you've grown up in and around church or if you haven't grown up around church and you've heard about it in a textbook from school in RE, if you ever covered it in RE, um, our understanding and our engagement with this would be very different for them. Because in their tradition, what happened was thousands of years ago, they were slaves in Egypt. And when they were slaves in Egypt, they had to build bricks every single day. That was it. There was no breaks, no days off. Bricks, 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 bricks. And even the psalmist today, Riri, knows it's work, 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 work. She says work six times, not seven. Even Riri knows the seventh day, you chill. But for them, it wasn't like that. The only people who ever got a day off were the Egyptians, high class, and the rulers, and the powerful. There wasn't a single Hebrew person that got a single day off, ever. It was just bricks, 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 bricks. And so what happened with them was they were slaves, they were beaten down, abused, killed, genocide, generation of boys killed. Moses, God used Moses, they were set free, they went out into the wilderness. But the thing that you find is that when people have been in slavery or in the incarcerated in the prison system for a period of time, they become institutionalized. And what happens is when you create this vacuum and this space that they go into, people tend to go back to the whatever habit they had before that was most, the most dominant thing. So it's why you find so many people that end up going to prison for drug-related offences end up coming back on the outside, and now there's this vacuum, this space. What do they fill it with? They fill it with what they've always filled it with. They're around the same friends again. All their friends are excited to see them again. There's a reunion. 
drugs are back on the scene, they end up in the same habit, the same cycle, and it gets worse. Now what happened for the children of Israel was, they'd been in slavery, they'd been perpetually held down and abused, and when they left, Moses had this moment with God on Mount Sinai where he receives what they call the law of God, which Christians traditionally always see that as like a mind-sweeping exercise like I described, where it's like, you don't do this, you don't do that, you don't do this. But for this people, it was a very important thing because stepping outside, and you see it straight away, that while Moses is up the, up the mountain getting the law of God, he comes down the mountain, and when he comes down the mountain, what happens is he finds that they're worshipping a gold calf. Where have they seen a gold calf before? In Egypt. They used to worship gold, a gold bull. And so they've, while he was up there, they've gone, this is so great that God set us free. We shouldn't waste this time we have. Let's get straight in. And they start worshipping God, and they make a gold calf. They get straight into everything they'd already known before. And Moses comes down, he's fuming, he smashes the tablets of stone, he goes back up, which is pretty cool because actually Moses was the first guy to download data from the cloud. I don't know if you guys noticed that in the straight out of the mountain, download it straight to a tablet, all this information. Moses, way ahead of his time. So he goes back up the mountain, downloads the data again, comes back down, and then he starts to talk to the people about the law of what God has, the instruction. But for them, they saw it not just as the law, they called it his instruction. You know, to meditate on his law, his instruction day and night. It was a rhythm that they would get into that would be the rhythm for their lives. It would be the framework that would keep them safe from falling into the traps of a destructive lifestyle. And so their whole society was built upon it. It's actually the same principles of what law is for us today. It's the frameworks to keep us respecting one another's property, one another's lives. It gets a bit messy, it goes a bit wrong, but that's law. Because law is always an outworking to try and sort out a problem that is internal in all of us. It's never going to solve it all. So when Jesus comes again, the idea is that the Spirit of God lives within us, transforming us from the inside out, is seen as a much greater way of seeing transformation in the individual so they stop being douches. So when they looked at Sabbath, Sabbath was one of the top 10 commandments. So when you think about it being in the top 10, number one hits uh, of the law and the chart, and the fact that today when we talk about it as Christians, we're, we're so disrespectful towards it, it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a headache for me. I don't understand how it's in the top 10, how it's up there with murder and other things. You know, there's one thing about the Sabbath that I realized is I realized that actually the one time where I think it's a good idea to leave my child locked out on the balcony is when I'm tired. If I'm absolutely shattered and my kid is pushing me over the edge, I'm not thinking rationally anymore. I'm a broken hot mess that thinks I want to punch a baby in the face. I've never punched a baby in the face, so no one worry about that, and I'm never going to punch a baby in the face. But what I'm saying to you is, if you've ever had kids, they don't go away. It's not, it's, not like, it's not like other people's kids. It's not like other people's kids that stay around your house and annoy you for half an hour. They are there. They're not going anywhere, and they're going to stay there. And if they're asking you for something, they're not asking you for it once. They're asking for it until you cave in. They're asking you for it until they break you. That's what children do. They are assassins. Small, cute assassins. Intentionally designed to wear you down. If you don't know that, it's because you don't have kids. But that's what they do. And the only time you think irrationally towards a child that you absolutely love and you'd give your life for is when you're tired. It's when you're tired. And I think so many of the other laws don't get broken if you're not tired. It's when you're at, when you're, man, tiredness kills, they say. I don't think it just kills on the roads. I think it kills everywhere. 
tiredness kills. When we get tired of standing up for the same thing, it's the same thing with like causes. Oh man, I'm just tired of, I'm tired. I'm tired. We need to thank God that Nelson Mandela didn't get tired. You know what I mean? Like, we can't afford to get tired about things that matter. We've got to love people. We've got to love and stand on these things. Now, what Sabbath did for this people was it created a rhythm every six days that was there. And it didn't matter how powerful you were, how rich you were. It didn't matter what race you were. Everyone within their nation would get this day. And it was a day to detox and to rest. And it wasn't just ceasing from work. It was ceasing from like the creative aspect so that during the week we just get revitalized and flourish in all the things that we want to do again I find it strange because I think so often when we talk about this as like a spiritual tradition an act of worship it's something everyone kind of avoids and I think in today's world I think we need it more than ever before I'm not saying we need to grab everything about it that everyone's ever said or all the different traditions that are available because there are so many but what I'm saying is that we have to ask ourselves three, four questions and I want to ask, I want to ask us these four questions. Because when I sat down to ask these four questions of myself this week, I started to realize how much I've let rest slip out of my life. And I started to realize actually a lot of the stress and the anxiety and the hassle I'm having with my kids at the moment could so easily be solved if I could just tweak this one area of my life a little bit better. I could be a much better husband if I tweak this. I could be better at everything I do if I tweak this. So the first question I want, I want us to, we're gonna, I'm gonna give you these four questions. If you wanna write them down on your phone or if you wanna think about them for a second, because today I'm not gonna speak for a long time. We're gonna have about five minutes just to work for these questions for ourselves. The first question is, what is rest? Sounds like a dumb question, but let's, let's really individualize it. What is gonna be rest for me? What do I think right now would really benefit me that would help me get into a good headspace in a good place. I mean, we look at society at the moment, mental health is this thing that everyone's freaking out about, everyone's talking about, and they're going like, and everyone's saying, I don't feel properly supported. You watch everyone on the news, everyone talks about it, they always say, I'm not properly supported. The NHS doesn't have the support for people, it doesn't, and it never will. And anyone who ever thinks it will, it won't. It's just not possible. I've referred kids that I feel might kill someone one day, and I couldn't get proper support for them. So if you feel like you're having a little breakdown, trust me, the NHS has not got your back. I'm not saying it's a poo-poo the NHS, I think it's the greatest thing in this country. I love the NHS. I'm just saying, mental health issues, there are things we can do for ourselves to keep ourselves healthy. And so I want you to ask yourself this question, what is rest for me? And when you start to decide what rest is gonna be for you, it's then putting it in place that it's a rhythm. So what is rest? The second question, this is such an important one, because if you define what rest is for you that you feel will really give life to you, that will really nourish you and flourish you, because you know what, it's not just okay to eat right, you've got to get that good rest in. You've got to have that headspace. Maybe it's like, I need to get away and just have a time reading a book somewhere, away from all the noise of everyone else and just my own little space, my own little zone. What is stealing your rest? That's such a, such a key one, because you may find that there are things in your life that sap you real quick. You may have friends that sap you real quick. I've had a few people in my life, they're like Harry Potter Dementors. You just spend three minutes around them and all the life is sucked out of you. And then you go home and you're like, like and then, then your wife says, what's the matter? I spent time with someone, so, oh, I get it, quick, someone, get some life back in this guy. Man, what is stealing your rest? When you can pinpoint what rest is, you know what you need to protect and what you need to make a priority. When you know what's stealing it, you know what areas of your life you need to guard against the most. What is rest? What is stealing your rest? The third question is this, what needs to cease? What needs to cease? 
So these Pharisees, when they came to Jesus, their idea was, your disciples are plucking grains, which is such a stupid one to say, because in, in their own law, in, I think it's Deuteronomy 23, 25, talks about uh, if you're going through, you can pluck them by your hand, but you can't use a sickle. No one's using the sickle, so I don't even know why these waste men are bringing this up, but they're bringing it up because they're just crazy. But Jesus doesn't even pay attention by saying, well, there's a law that disagrees with that. He takes it straight to David and says, well, you know, David had common sense. Is he going to let his men die? Is he going to let his men experience starvation? Or are they just going to go in and tuck into something which was sacred? And then he says, hey, Sabbath was made for you, not you made for it. Which is where everyone's gone wrong with Sabbath because everyone talks about it like, oh, they use it like as an excuse to tap out of it. But it still doesn't negate from the fact it was made for you. And if God made it for you, it's a good thing for you. It's just David had the flexibility and the wisdom to realize it's a good thing for me, but right now if I stick to it, it's not going to be a good thing for me. So this is a stupid idea. Bang, straight in. Let's have some of that bread, please. Do you see what I'm saying? It's just a common sense thing. It's so, so easy. But the idea that we don't need that every six days, that replenishment, that moment to step out, what needs to cease? I think today, if you're, if you're 20 to 30, I can, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I'm not even let you work it out for yourselves. Social flipping media. One day of the week, just know. Like spend time with the actual human being next to you. You know, the one that you can actually just touch. Oh, actually just for a day go, are they really there? <laughs> and no, you don't need to take a picture of your dinner. One day. You don't need to take a picture of it. One day, just be with that person. And, and, and don't be like going, oh, I just tagged you in something. I'm right here. You could just turn the screen round. Why are you tagging me? Man, social media. We, we are so hyper-connected. It's messing us up. It's messing us up. Man, you see, watch, a, watch a teenager go about Wi-Fi because the Wi-Fi's down. You'd think, you'd think it, it reminds you of, if you've ever seen it, BBC, Dad's Army. Don't panic, Mr. Mannering. Don't panic. They're just running around like their heads are, oh, there's no Wi-Fi, there's no Wi-Fi. Ah. Like, geez, my gosh. It's like, it's incredible. It's incredible. What needs to cease? If that's your response to not having your phone for a little while, then I'll tell you what, it needs to cease. Just for one day, if the loved one is next to you that you don't need to call, just leave the phone away. Just leave it away. Your kids are there. You don't need to take a picture of them. Take a picture on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday, have it off. Sunday, whichever day you choose to have off, just, just do it. And then here's the final question. So you've discovered what rest, you've decided what rest is for you, you've decided what's stealing your rest, you've decided what needs to cease in your life to create space, because for anything new to happen in your life, you have to create space for it. You've got to remove something to create space for it. The law is a boundary to protect. What boundary do you need to enforce in your life that's going to protect this space? What are you going to put that's going to protect you? So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have just a couple minutes just to sit through. If you want to write it down on your phone, you want to write down notes, or you just want to think about it for a second, that's cool. And then this week, just pick one day. And even if you're not going to write off the whole day, grab a few hours on a day. Just have that time. I'm going to pray for us, and then, and then we'll kind of just have that time, and then we'll close, close. Father God, I thank you for your... your your gift that you gave us. Um, sometimes, I guess we get so focused about what not to do and what to do and stuff that sometimes we don't see the blessing and the gain in building a wall around something and protecting that time. In relationships, in dating and in marriage, protecting walls around a date night 
it's such a sacred thing that really can help people communicate and flourish together. And with our children, creating time for them as individuals, not just as a collective of a family, is such a sacred, sacred time. Father, I pray that you'd help us to build walls around a time for ourselves. So often we negate to do that and then we end up being pants to everyone because we've never had a moment to just detox, to just cleanse out, to relax, to get the energy levels back up, that we can be a better friend, brother, sister, wife, husband, father, uncle, nephew, niece, whatever we are to so many other people, the relationships we have. Father, I pray that this week will be a week where forget Build-A-Bear, but we build a Sabbath and we build that rest that we so desperately need in our lives because actually we may not see the value, but we are so valuable to so many people around us and we want to give people our absolute best and that's only possible through rest. Pray you be with us. Pray Spirit, you just, Holy Spirit, you'd come and you replenish us in Jesus' name. Amen. really hope you enjoyed today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london